like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, boys, I've started recording, so oh, bloody hell. let's ah. get into it, right? Welcome, guys. Welcome to The Away End, episode 27. Fucking hell. And now, boys, we're actually getting some traction, aren't we? We're, we're going places, we are, boys. To it's, the moon, mate. <laughs> to the moon and back, yeah. In fact, okay, I'll introduce the lads. So anyone who's new to listening knows who we've got. So uh, Alex Baker, AB Baker, one of the one of them three, gives a shout over in Didsbury, mate. Evening, Dan. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad as I just sip on my beer. Too right. Jimbo over in London. I'll refer to you as Jimbo in most cases, right? Gives a shout, mate. Hello, mate. Very excited for lots of new faces and, and fresh ear holes to penetrate, mate. <laughs> You've been lining that up all day, haven't you? you mate, really I, thought have. about, I thought about that six days ago, man. And you know what, right? People aren't going to see this, but Baker, you've gone less moustache today, mate. And Jim seems to have gone more moustache. It seems like it's really coming through that dash. So thanks, man. And your hair's looking good today as well. Oh, so there's mate, compliments I'm- all around. Jack Grealish vibes I'm going for, mate, really Baker, am. I like your glasses, man. Wholesome energy. Wholesome, nice energy before it goes into absolutely depravity within the next like minute or so. But like I said, thank you very much. Anyone who is a new listener, anyone who started following us on social media, big shout out. Thank you very much. And also uh, big love to the Mank who, uh, who put us out there and... Like I said, yeah, got us some got some extra followers, hopefully getting us some extra listeners going forward some this nice week. nice words for us, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even that they did say that Baker's from Manchester, and as soon as you hear him string more than four words together, everyone's going to realise he's a posh southerner. But yeah, oh, well, Jove, Newcastle, or bat it again. I say. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? So anyone who's listening, Baker supports Newcastle and Jim supports Spurs. I support United. So, yeah, you're going to get a real real mix coming from this. I mean, this week may have not been the best week to start with because there's going to be some real dour attitudes from you two, isn't there? But Yeah, but, but that's, that's what I'm like I mean, all that's, the time. Yeah, to be fair, that's Baker's MO, really. That's that's exactly your thing. But Jimbo, the past couple of weeks has been going downhill. But anyway, they're looking at me to say, right, this crack on. So this is a new set out, which we're going for. So we're going to go through the results and then pick out a few games. So uh, Saturday's games were as follows. Chelsea versus Southampton. Can you do it a bit less like the weather report? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Give it a bit of beans. (laughs) Be like, oh, oh, the Chelsea rent boys met. (laughs) Well, there you go, mate. You can can take over on this if you want now. Chelsea Chelsea on Southampton one. <laughs> Mate, you just Chelsea sounded like we're point. on final score now. <laughs> so yes, as I said, Saturday's games, Chelsea versus uh, Southampton, 1-1. Fuck off, you boys. Uh, Burnley, West Brom, unfortunately, any fans, new fans that are from them clubs, we probably won't speak too much about that game as it was a nil-niller. Uh, we will, however, speak about this next game, which was Liverpool-Everton. 2-0 to Everton. I'll do the next one. Go on then, mate. Scotty P's Warriors smash Sheffield United in a relegation showdown. 1-0 Fulham. They really smashed them to pieces with that 1-0, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Destroyed them (laughs) (laughs) 1-0. And on to Sunday's games, which were as follows, guys. Yes? 
Yes. <laughs> Pan uh, smashed the cockerels in North London. There we go. <laughs> and we, we are, we're going we're gonna to have a few uh, choice words for that game, I think, James. You, you're going to need to give us a little bit more than just pure sadness like you did last week, mate. Yeah, I'll try. Uh, Villa versus Leicester, which was a tasty affair from what I'd seen, which was 2-1 to Leicester. Manchester City versus Arsenal, which is a game that we all don't really want to talk about, but we've, we feel we probably pressured into. We probably should talk about it a little bit. Got a few thoughts? Yeah, a few a few passing comments, right? And then uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle, which was uh, 3-1 to Manchester United. Oh, no, I didn't say the, the Arsenal City game. If you didn't see it, it was 1-0 City. And uh, Monday's game, which I only discovered last week, is actually quite a big derby. It's Brighton versus Palace today. So before, the, right now... The bird derby, just, mate. Bird derby. Well, see, I didn't know this because obviously I'm, you can tell I'm a northern scumbag. Um, I think that went right over your head, didn't it? At Bird's Derby, yeah, because they've both got birds oh, in okay. there. Maybe it just wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't that funny, mate. I, I'm not, there's a lot of things which you say in this podcast you think go over my head and I just pack, go straight past them because I'm like, oh, he's chatting shit again. <laughs> just bulldoze through that one. <laughs> yeah, just bulldoze through that one, yeah. Moving but on. Right, before, before we crack on to any games, right, you two, give me, give me a prediction for that before the game starts because it starts in 12 minutes. What do you think? Brighton versus Palace. 2-1 Brighton. I want Brighton to lose. I need Brighton to lose. Yeah. But they're not going to lose. So I think I think Brighton one 0 See, okay, right, you boys. I'll go opposite. I'll say I'll say two one to to Palace, just to give Baker a little bit of hope in there, right? Oh, All right. Well, let's make it a bit more interesting. Then. Who's going to score first goal? Uh, I obviously off the top of my head, just go straight to Zaha. So I'm going to say Eze, and then Brighton come back, score two. I reckon one nil. Neil Mopai. Nice. Okay. Anyway, very quick mention on this game and then we will get into the meat of it, which was uh, the the Merseyside derby. Uh, Chelsea versus uh, Southampton. A couple of things which I picked up on was Minamino. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think Liverpool made a mistake, haven't they? I mean, they haven't been scoring. I wrote this down too. Like, why the fuck do you send him out on loan when your front three is stagnant? And Jota's out injured. Just, well, this is what the the a lot of people were saying that uh, Klopp and him didn't have a great chemistry mm. or whatever. And but like you said, when when your your team's as it was, and it was like that. What when they sent him out in on loan? What, yeah, yeah, two three weeks ago. So. But then Origi's not gone sent out, has he? Origi's no. still there. Yeah, exactly. Baker, what do you think on that? It's a weird one, isn't it? Really, I think that there must there must have been something that's happened behind the scenes here because it seems it seems like a sort of a decision I can't see any benefit for Liverpool really, considering mm. they they need reinforcements, they need freshness, and he's and he's clearly a talented player because all the goals he's scored so far have been really really good. And they go on this game, I mean that was tasty, wasn't it? He's composure, sitting, you know, sitting the keeper down like mm. that, yeah, Beautiful. unbelievable composure from him. I must admit, yeah. yeah. Although I want to give a shout out to the the through ball from Redmond. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a beautiful, beautiful. Ball. I re- I rate Redmond. I must admit, yeah. I do think he's a good player. So that's how they've got. They've got a decent squad. We we're talking about last last time out. Mm. So I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't massively surprised to see him take a point of Chelsea. I think Chelsea, since Tuchel had taken over, have been solid but not spectacular. They haven't. I don't think they've really clicked under him yet. But mm. he hasn't lost a game, so well, then, he's definitely building towards something. Quick, quick fire then for both of you. Will Chelsea make the top four or the top six or neither? Top, top six. Ah. 
Top, top six. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think United and Leicester are too deeply dug in in the top four now. That fourth spot, I can't see it going to Chelsea. Just what? Shoot out between who do you reckon? Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham are in Everton, it, man. West, West Ham are in it. Ham, yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe I'm Champions League, mate. Mate. I'm going to call it. It pains me, but I'm going to call it. Can you imagine that? I mean, fucking hell, Holsgrove coming on in a couple of weeks' time. He would be buzzing to hear you say that, mate. And um, one little thing before we move on, uh, Tuchel picked up on uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi's attitude. Picked up on? Picked well, up on? <laughs> tore into. <laughs> tore into. But, I mean, I didn't see the game. Did anyone see? I mean, apparently he was nonchalant, wasn't really running around, was just sort of floating around the pitch and didn't really care. And I guess... Fair play to him. He doesn't seem like he's taken any prisoners. I saw, I saw, I still did see the game, but I wouldn't say that he was. I, I don't think he sort of stuck out as being like massively awful because he's always been a bit of a he's a bit of a mercurial talent, isn't he? Yeah, That's I think he's young still, isn't he? So it's like it's one of them still trying yeah. to break in. I think as well. So I think what what Tuka has done is he's took a gamble on this a fire under him. It's, as opposed to him thinking, well, fuck you then. And I think yeah. he's, it sounds like he's come out today and said that he's had a he had a great training session. He was laughing and joking. And it hasn't affected him. So maybe it worked. Well, hey. I do like the way you've written his name in the notes, Daniel. Callum HD. Callum HD, Callum yeah. HD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be arsed with the full, you know, mate, my shorthand <laughs> everywhere, mate, on, this, him, on these call notes. Him, you can call him choke, can't you? <laughs> you could actually, yeah. <laughs> on to... Onto the Merseyside Derby boys. Like I said, where the where the meat of this this podcast is going to be, I think. I keep really? saying meat. Two out of the three of us are vegetarians. So, uh, wait, um, wait, wait. Who's wait? Who's? Are you, are you vegetarian as well, Baker? Yeah. Oh, Fucking three out of three. Yeah, then, yeah, isn't it? Look at us. This podcast is one hundred percent vegetarian now. Soy boy cooks. Yeah, yeah, soy boy cooks. Yeah. So, like I said, the Merseyside Derby. And, big one, big one. Uh, the big one. And went Everton's way for the first time in 24 games. They ended the hoodoo in the Derby, haven't they? And um, Richarlison and uh, Sigurdsson with the goals. And um, first win at Anfield since 1999 for Everton, that is. Uh, won one of the last 28 encounters with, with Liverpool, which... It's just crazy, isn't it, when you think of it? What do you yeah, think, yeah. Jimbo? Oh, mate, I know you've got it written here, but I'm going to word it slightly differently. Uh, first time if, uh, Liverpool have lost four at home since the television was invented. Of course. Real perspective, doesn't it? Anyone who wants to know that year, it's 1923 was the last time they lost four in a row. But yeah, I mean, it's just it just gets worse for Liverpool, doesn't it? Week after week. Uh, Hendo's gone now as well, of course. Yeah, potentially out for a good few months. I think we Everton fully deserved it, to be honest. Like, yeah. looked much better, looked much more clinical. Um, penalty was a penalty, I think. Sigurdsson tucked it away nicely. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with everything you said, mate. I think I think Everton deserved it wholeheartedly. They went for it, and I think what's his name, Hamas uh, Rodriguez, that signing in summer has been inspired for them hasn't he he is really I mean I know we had a little dip uh, in you know November December time but he's come back and he's really yeah but then my thing about him is that their system's so reliant on him now he's such a linchpin in that team and he's getting on a bit and if he goes he's out for a season or half a season they're a bit fucked No, that's true. It's true. But, but I think, like, fair play. I love watching him play. He's, he's a real talent. And I, obviously, I, I can't imagine that he's going to stick. I mean, again, no offense to any Everton fans listening, but I don't think 
that James Rodriguez sees hit the pinnacle of his career coming at Everton. I think he's coming back. He's getting. He didn't have any game time for the last two and a half seasons because Zidane didn't fancy him, and he went out went out alone a couple of times. I think he's thinking to start again and then build up to go to another big club. I, I yeah, you know what, man? I would agree. I think. I think. In reality, it's sort of like him putting on a performance for other big clubs in it yeah. to sort of say, you know, here's my audition tape. What yeah. do you reckon, boys? It's, it's him saying, look, I haven't lost it. I'm still a great player. Um, we so- should know this, Baker. What is he, 28, do you reckon? I think he's 29. 29. I, I think around that age, like you said, it's a, is, yeah, for that sort of position, it's coming up to the pinnacle of your career, isn't it? And you're thinking, yeah, can I get that one last big move big money move to a big club but for me on a personal level I know if there is any Everton fans listening I think they would agree with like why like he's been unbelievable under Ancelotti or every time he's moved to play with him hasn't he so yeah I don't I mean what I am speaking of signings as well sort of pivoting away from that is that we spoke about him last time but he's at it again Kabak at the back for Liverpool. <laughs> mate, what a what a start you oh, are having. Mate. What a start you are having. I love it. I absolutely love look, it. He looked like a, he was so square for that first goal. He was like a robot turning. Deer in headlights, mate. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't look good, did it? Oh, I, I do feel what, right? I do feel sorry for him. But then again, I did watch a game this season where he spat on someone, so I don't feel that sorry for him. Well, this is what I was gonna say as well, Baker. I, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, mate. You called this. You called this when they first signed him. You said, what was it? You, you, you can take him out of Schalke, but you can't take the Schalke out of the lad. And, you know. It just seems like a weird decision to sign a player from a team who've conceded 56 goals in 22 games, buying yeah. their centre-back. And it just seems a bit odd. But, I mean... Baker, man of the continent. He's got his eyes <laughs> He knows he it. Knows he knows them. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait. Man of Bundesliga. I mean, he might know he might know other leagues as well, but Bundesliga is where his specialities are. Yeah, <laughs> Bundesliga, and also speaking of speaking of that, um, it's I, st- I think it's still too early to talk about Klopp sort of coming towards the end of his life cycle in Liverpool. But if we take what happened at the end of his previous two jobs into account, when he goes, when it all goes to wrong, it goes, it goes big, really fucking yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. So like at Mainz, he got relegated. Yeah. And at Dortmund, they were like, they were second bottom mm. off win- before the winter break or something. They yeah. were absolutely, it just exploded. He kind of, he kind of goes big and goes home. <laughs> he goes big and then he goes home. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's always defending himself against people. So people are saying, you've, they've played at such a high level, the same, the same squad, give or take a few players. For four seasons now, they've played this ridiculous high, like full throttle pressing mm. big time. And he's always batting away. We're not burning out. We're not burning out. But like, it just, it feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I saw a couple of things, me being the little Instagram bitch that I am. (laughs) I saw a couple of things on Instagram. Um, One was that if you look at all the teams that have won the title, what happens, what has happened to them the season after, whether it's Chelsea or Leicester, like I think Leicester finished like fucking 12th or something the season after they won it. Mm. Chelsea finished like 10th. I mean, City's kind of the... I saw the exact same stat that you're on about. Yeah, yeah. City, in the first time they won it under Mancini, the set the year after, they were about 13, 15 points back from what they were the season before. Go on, go on, Jim. And, and, and the other thing was, um, 
Pep needed a centre back. They went out and bought Diaz for sixty million or whatever, and Nathan Aki for forty million. Klopp needs a centre back, and they get him Kabak and, and uh, Davis. One other thing which we kind of haven't really talked about that much, but I do think is probably an impact is the fact not winning the league for thirty years. The amount of like relief and euphoria after winning that league. Yeah. And they went so close the season before. And obviously the season before that, no, sorry, the season before that was when they went, oh, it was a, the hundred point season, wasn't it? Where both like City got, was it a hundred? And then uh, Liverpool got whatever, 98. And then they got the Champions League final. Like, I think, I think the euphoria of winning the league after 30 years, it's, it, it does yeah. it does sort of I think it changes your players mentality definitely of like yes we've done it they've sort of got to the top of the mountain but it's so. such a it's a momentous achievement to, for Liverpool it's took such a monumental amount of effort and consistency and performance mm. that then you're like right start again back to square one got to yeah. do it again it's so like you don't you know it's not like you get any advantage the next season or anything it's no. back to square one it's every it's everyone's game again and it's almost like a bit of a hangover right, I, I won't take this into man united territory too much but give me two seconds on this so paul Scholes <laughs> was talking i was watching an interview with him this morning from bt and he said when ferguson when the players came back in pre-season he, if he could tell within the first two weeks of pre-season they weren't like properly properly up for it after they've won the league mm. that's that's when the players get sacked that's when and he said it didn't matter what player it was or what it was just ruthless like yeah they don't look motivated they don't look up for it they couldn't carry the t- or help carry the team you're gone and I don't know. Who knows? It's all semantics, isn't it, this? But I think also massively, massively, they're the players which are getting injured. Van Dyke, Gomez, Jota, yeah, yeah, like Henderson, Fabino, Milner. like Milner, like the amount of them players which they've relied on throughout. And in reality, like they, they back themselves up. They got Jota, they got Thiago. I mean, Curtis Jones, like looks like at the end of last season, he was coming through. And to, in fairness, he's had like a fairly decent... Hmm. first campaign as like a 19 year old so in reality i think injuries and covid and everything else has just been a massive massive culture shock and a massive shock for liverpool devil's advocate would say those issues are the same for every other team Hmm. yeah everyone's yeah up to and including city although as you say the difference between city getting an injury and like Crystal Palace getting an injury is that City can call up someone who costs costs forty million. Exactly. But there's exactly. another thing. It's like is this pro- this centre back problem as well. You mentioned the difference with City is that they've had the centre back problem for years and they threw money at proper dog shit centre backs for so long and they finally got it right with one mm. player. You know what I mean? Let's just quantify that though. We're talking about half a billion pound, not just I know, I know. not money, but you know. Do you know what I mean? Slightly off topic, but I watched just a little shout out. Is that I watched um, Arsenal Benfica on Thursday night, mm, and same. it's good to see that Otamendi is still an absolute weapon. Yeah, mate. Jesus Christ, that player—he's so mental. Yeah. Mate, I actually can't believe you brought that up. The next words out of my mouth were, "Remember Ollie Nightingale? How much he hated playing Otamendi at the back." Flopamendi. Then you oh. next to you know drinking smooth glasses of red wine, Jan Vertonghen, mate. Level headed. Like, I, was, I was saying to my um, mate of mine in sports bears, I was like, it's like watching him babysit him in real time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah that's a pretty good analogy, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, um, but I think, yeah, all, all the all those all those things are happening to every team, and I think Dan's completely right. Is that Liverpool last season for Liverpool was like the outpouring of thirty years worth of pent up emotion to win mm. that win that one title. Yeah, they go, got they got to the mountain top, and at the end yeah. of the day, it, it, you, you like when you get to that top, you're like you want to celebrate, you want to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking well happy that this has happened, right? They got to the mat. They got to the mountain top, mate, and now they're just fucking tumbling down the other <laughs> tumbling side. down that hill. <laughs> As well, it's like usually when you in the when in a normal season that hasn't been fucked by COVID, you have you have a decent chunk of time off. Yeah. To let to like let this stuff out, whereas Liverpool didn't really have that. Mm. And I don't know. I think Fergus Ferguson always said. I mean, I respect Ferguson. I didn't like him, but I respect him. Obviously, you can't not. But he always said it's the hard, the hard, it's the hardest thing to do is win it in a row. Like win yeah. two in a row, it's the hardest thing you do. Yeah. And one one very last point I'd like to point, and it pains me to say it as a Man United fan, but let's be honest, Liverpool support at Anfield is normally unbelievable. Like, yeah, yeah. the amount of noise they make. So, in reality, I think they've probably been hindered a little bit extra than other teams. Let's be honest, right? And any Arsenal fan that's listening, you can't compare Anfield to the Emirates in terms of noise generated by the crowd. And that, when you're in a bad rut, like Liverpool are, could easily just push you that little bit extra to get a toe on the end of the ball, whip a ball in a little bit. I don't know. Any situation like that, the crowd just helps, doesn't it, sometimes? And, yeah, it's one of them. I mean, it's bad that United fan is actually feeling sorry for Liverpool at this point, but yeah. I kind of do. <laughs> We've kind of skipped over much. how good Everton have been, though. Oh, yeah, true. oh. I'm a bit bad about that. D- don't get me wrong, like Car- Uncle Carlo, we were calling him it at the start of this podcast and we're going to bring it back. Magic Uncle Carlo. Like, yeah. Yeah. the dude the dude has worked miracles. Not miracles, but he, it has been re- unbelievable. To get the players in and to, to, to manage, man manage them the way he has. I know no. Dominic Calvin-Lewin, don't get me wrong, he was a lo- lovely player, good player, but... He's put him to a next level, and let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've all, he's elevated all of them across the yeah. pitch, really. He you just, know, he just, he knows how yeah. he knows how to get tunes out of people. People, players like yeah. playing for him. Yeah, for sure. And it's the eyebrow, yeah. mate. It is. It is. It's the eyebrow. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I do feel like we should mention more, but I mean, we have just spent a good five minutes ripping into Liverpool, but. Yeah. I mean, fucking, fucking live autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like, like you said, Everton have no disrespect to Everton. They've been unbelievable. Like to, to bring it back from the dip they had, they've been unbelievable this season, I think. And fair play to them. Respect. Yeah. Big respect. Right. Next one. I mean, I didn't put we were going to mention it, but Baker, it's Fulham versus Sheffield United, 1-0. I don't really want to talk too much about the game, but is your arse going, mate? As Jimbo said, um, Scotty Parker's Warriors are on your tail now, mate. Anyone who doesn't know, Baker's a Newcastle fan, so yes. I said to you last week, man, my ass is constantly on. It's never off. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's blasting constantly. And and I mean, mean, we, we can just sort of, go over this quickly I mean you have to give Scott Parker a big you've got to give him a hand because he did so he's getting that team so well and he's what he sorted I didn't think they could sort 
he could sort the defence as well as he has, but he really, really has. And their back, their back four is now looking really good. Like yeah. that part, the pass for the goal by Wacky Anderson was beautiful. They've got lively attackers. Lookman looks good. Cavalera looks good. Loftus Cheek looks good. It's just pressing that they're going to catch us and relegate us. So there you go. Is that what you're saying? They are going to catch you and they I've are been, going to relegate I've been, you. I've been saying it for a while. They they've had a run in them, Fulham. Because they were the difference between us and them is that they are they're unlucky when they lose a lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas we are not. We get fucking well, fucking boned. Although, to say that, we're gonna come on to it. I thought you were a little unlucky against us. I really did. That yeah, first, yeah, yeah. But but we'll come on to that. But in, in the grand scheme of things, I I do wholeheartedly agree with AB. I I unfortunately I do think there is a very good chance that Fulham might catch you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we 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 digress from one depressed uh, supporter yeah, back to back, back to back to the next, man. mate. Right? <laughs> uh, West Ham beat Spurs two one. This isn't like a proper derby, though, is it? Like, is it north uh, north north versus like quite east? There's not a lot it's, of love it's, there. It's their cup final, man. <laughs> it's for them, was... but not for us. <laughs> I hate the cunts, but yeah. So I wouldn't say it's a proper derby. Can, can I can I throw a few things at you and this this go from there, Jimbo? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So here we go. In the first fifty league games now, it's his worst return. He has eighty one points, Mourinho. Yeah. He's never let two goals in consecutively, first half and second half, within the first five minutes. So does and I know that seems like a weird stat, but to me, does that say that? It's going in one ear and out the other, like Mourinho's badgering the players, and they're just coming out and going, "Ah, fuck him! I don't care. I don't care what he said." Like from a Spurs perspective, how depressing is that to see? Yeah, very, very in two kind of fronts to be honest, because you've got this quote-unquote world-class manager, won it all, been all over the world, considered one of the greatest of all time. And he comes to your club that has a weak mentality and, you know, is a bit flaky and, and, and bottly, shall we say. And, you know, he catches the curse, mate. <laughs> that's it. It's, 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 is that's that it? it? In, in, in a nutshell, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I told you, man. Like, we got a curse. We're cursed. We're cursed. I don't think he's ever been... And and this is this is going to sound like I'm slagging Spurs off, and I really, I'm really not, because you've got to think about who he's been at before. I don't think he's been at a club where he's had to turn around this much before. Because, I mean, maybe Chelsea, but Chelsea was still in and around and winning things. They've won, they won two FA Cups in the 90s, for example, before he came in. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, Porto, Porto, Chelsea, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Manchester United. Sorry, Chelsea again, Manchester United, Tottenham. Tottenham are the odd one out there. Yeah, which I thought he'd flourish under because... He had a bit of a shit time at United and he was obviously got a bit of a blank check there and he had a shit time at Chelsea the second time and this and that. Like, I thought he'd come to Tottenham and he kind of relished the challenge a little bit of being the underdog. Not the not the smallest underdog, but a bit of an underdog. I thought he'd enjoy that and I thought he'd relish in that challenge, but no, it's not gone that way, has it? <laughs> are, you, are you fully on the Mourinho out train now? Um, I am approaching 70%. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hate to say it. I think, but I mean, on, on the actual game itself, I don't think it was the worst performance from us. Um, I think we probably could have taken a point. I think we were pretty good in the last thirty minutes, but 
a team of our level shouldn't be good for the last 30 minutes, man. They should be good for the whole game. I think we're, I actually think as well, we're probably the team this season that's hit the post the most. There was two in this game alone. It's happened to us about 10 times this season. One of them was an absolute goal of the year candidate from from Bale. That was an absolute screamer. Well, that moves on to my next point. He's kind of silver lining from this game. Mm, Definitely, definitely. Last game... Well, wait, 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 Jim, let me set you up, mate. This, okay, okay, we we can me, segue into this. We can give the listeners like, oh, honestly, we always do this. This was just off the cuff, this was, guys, honestly. <laughs> um, Jimbo, uh, you've been pretty sad about Spurs' last couple of performances. Give me a silver lining of, you know, who might have looked good. Well, Daniel, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that great question. Um, I'd actually like to nominate Gareth Bale for the Silver Lining Award. Um, look much better in this game. Look pretty good in the game before, and that kind of begs the question: Is he kind of is he coming good finally after majority of a season's gone? Is he is he you know is it is He's it back. kind of coming good for? Him? Well, I wouldn't say he was back, but is there's glimpses of it. Well, in in the game in midweek. Oh no, it wasn't midweek. Was it, it was against City when he he danced in between them couple of players. That that was a little sign. I thought mm, he's got his footwork back. He looks to have getting his shot away quite nicely. And yeah, to be fair, in this game, like yeah, that that dig. Uh, uh, I don't know who the pass is in from, but yeah, that was a lovely, lovely effort off yeah. the bar. I think yeah, and he set, I agree. He set man. the goal up for Moore as well. With the yeah, corner, he did. Yeah, from corner. the corner. Yeah. So I, I don't I know. Like man. In, I feel like we're in danger again of skipping over the actual winners of this game. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to say you have to say in the same way that we give props to Scott Parker, fucking Moisey, mate. Mate, yeah. I want that he's doing an unbelievable job, and that team is just. Just just solid, isn't it? Just he's a candidate for manager of the season for sure. Yeah, completely agree. Hundred percent, man. I could not agree more. And considering, uh, what four and a half? Nah, five and a half years ago, he leaves United in pretty much disgrace, and no one thinks he's going anywhere now. Well, because Wilf Saha fucked his daughter. <laughs> That did ha- apparently that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> I, wonder if she's, I wonder if she's fit. Oh, I, I kind of want to know now, actually. For any for any legal legals out there, that's uh, allegedly, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, it happened. Yes. I mean, considering considering how absolutely diabolical his Sunderland team were when they got relegated, <clears throat> it's, it is it is an it's an unreal turnaround. Mm. I mean. Respect I'm happy for the guy, man. I like him. I think he's a decent manager. And and as much as it pains me to say, I'm, I'm quite happy for West Ham to see him flying because he's had such a torrid time over the last few years. Do you know what? We were talking about, um, you're talking about Liverpool's, Liverpool's fans like pushing them on. I feel like the the Olympic Stadium's like sometimes the opposite in that way. Yeah, that? yeah, when yeah. When yeah. start going wrong because what? they fucking hate it so much. Wait, is that so much you're saying? So when they get fans back in, they're going to be tumbling yeah. down again. Because well, I, I mean, just think, uh, the fans just aren't happy there and I can completely understand why because it's like fucking soulless vacuum when they had a great stadium before. Tax I mean, I mean, we had we had Coxie on a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And that's yeah. mate, just echoing his words fully. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't think he's they when they get the fans back in, it's gonna be, you know, they go downhill. No. But I mean, couple of couple of little ones. I mean, Lingard to to, <laughs> to West Ham, like to me, I mean, how 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 is how is this lad look so shit 
any game he put any chance he had for United he looked Mate. He just did not look at the races and I think maybe yeah he's got that new lease of life he's starting all the time he's got the responsibility on his shoulders and he sort of seems to be taken on places doesn't he at the moment yeah. the pressure the pressure's off now you know what yeah. I mean and that yeah. fair play, and again fair play to him I, I, I've got to say, didn't see it coming, but... but No, definitely not, definitely not. I mean, Coxie, like I said, who and I didn't want to dig him out when he's not here to defend himself, but he was not happy that they were linked with Lingard at all. He really didn't want him coming in. And, I mean, the last two games he scored, he's that man on a match last game, I think. Who'd have fucking known it, though? Who'd have seen that, man? Like... Can, you, um, can you wait till the summer... When the headline of like Lingard gets taken to the Euros instead of like Madison, or- <laughs> Mate, you, you can just like, see oh, it God. coming, can't you? You can see it coming. Southgate takes Lingard over, like yeah, like you said, Madison, or like, or takes him over Grealish or Foden or someone like that, and you just go, just just Foden, look at yourself. Foden, Foden scores every game to the end of the season. Gareth's like, I'm going to stick with what I know. <laughs> Uh, he scored against Panama he's good quickly before we move on I just want to say uh, just a little fact for you Um, at this point in the season now Mourinho has the worst points total since uh, one day Ramos worse than tactics Tim worse than Poch's worst season worse than the devil's advocate again though Jim is Juan de Ramos was the last manager to win you a trophy. Yes, well, that's the that's the truth. Maybe maybe the years we win a trophy, we just have to be shit in the league. Mate, just it, you have to finish like eleventh in the league, but you win the league cup. So, yeah. mate, it's mate, on also, still. It's, it's still it's on. on. You can you, you can finish eleventh this season and, and win against City in that one game at Wembley in whenever two weeks time or whatever it is. Mate, mate, I'm City, you've all got to get Corona, man, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> the whole I'm team. So, I'm just starved of success. I'd take that any day. Like, <laughs> any day. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, Sunderland are in the Papa John's Trophy final. And I'm looking at that being like, oh, that sounds like a laugh, you know? What a <laughs> could trophy. Be, could be a trophy, mate. Could be a trophy. Yeah. Very, very, very last bit on this game. Jimbo, one word. In fact, both of you, one word answer. Does Kane stay in the summer? Yeah. Uh, I would have said yes, but I watched an interview with him from 2017 today and he said, if I haven't won a trophy in three years, I'll be very disappointed. Is that with Henri? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, I saw that interview last week sometime, yeah. One last question on it though. Baker, If do you see it changing if they change the manager at all? I feel like Kane's really bought into this Shearer-esque edge to it of being that yeah. of, of like really valuing the the club legend status Wait, but so, I, don't, I, can't, I can't see him I can't see him going somewhere else and being and having as good a time of it I don't no. know why I've just got I've just got a suspicion he's obviously an incredibly good player but I think he'll stay I think he'll I think he'll want the statue you know what I mean Wait, you you think he'll stay full stop you don't think he'll stay for once that you mean he'll stay his entire career at Tottenham Maybe not, his, see, maybe not the entire career, but I reckon the bulk of it, yeah. I can see him staying or going, to be honest, equally. But, I mean, there's rumblings yesterday that he's in close contact with Pochettino at PSG still. So oh, that'd, be, that'd be fucking shite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, well, go anywhere else, man. Any Anyone who has not listened to this podcast, go back and listen to a podcast we did on the Champions League final and you will really know Alex Baker's wholehearted opinion on PSG and their... 
shambles of a of a situation and ownership that's that's uh well in fact we don't want to get into legal issues there alleged uh shambles whatever um on to on to the uh next one boys uh and game which i kind of gutted that i missed i kind of forgot that it was on but um villa versus leicester uh 2-1 to leicester and from the highlights and I read the match report and I watched like the extended highlights. It looked like a really, really good game. Like they yeah. Leicester back on level points now with United. United are just ahead of them on goal difference. I mean, one bad thing which has happened in this game is Madison apparently has uh, re-injured his groin, which was an issue which he had last season, which is potentially up to three months out he had last season. Who's so... going to do their post-match interviews? Now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's going to have who, the banter? <laughs> who, are BT, who are BT Sport going to circle jerk themselves to death over? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, like both of these teams, I think have been a real like fresh a breath of fresh air, I would say. Breath of fresh air. <laughs> as, I've, as I've got a beer in my hand, yeah. Um, a breath of fresh air, I would say. Like, in terms of uh, their attacking talent and how they're playing and, you know, just overall, like, it just seems nice to, to see them play, sort of. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's just nice. Yeah, it's nice to see people doing well that aren't the big boys, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, I mean, Leicester have got a case to be a big boy now, I think. Well, yeah. I, I I read a stat about that. Apparently, since they've been promoted, their average position they finished is seventh over the last, I think, it's six or seven years. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, they they are, let's be honest. You consider them part of the big boys now, don't you? I mean, I will go into this in a lot more detail on a like a, a mid-season nothing week where there's no games on. Uh, that I I think the concept of top six is a bit bullshit now. Really, mm. like it's kind of yeah. just all, and it might just be coronavirus. They don't call but it top six anymore. They call yeah. it the big six now. All right, the big six. I, no, to no me, but that, that 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 to me also suggests that, that it's not about finishing position. It's more about stature. Yeah, financial wise. Financial probably, stature. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, that in in terms of financial stature and that sort of thing, I think that's a close club. I don't think. Mm. I don't think people can get into it. Yeah, other other teams can't get into that now. I've since financial, uh, I'm, I was going to go into financial fair play then, and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, right, boys? We will not get diverted down there. Um, anything? I mean, Grealish apparently is going to be out for up to a month. Do we think, like, from what I saw of Villa, it didn't really seem to affect them that much. They didn't have that that like proper just like little spark, which they, they usually have when Grealish gets on the ball and, you know, the amount of assists, the amount of um, tackles and stuff, which he draws on him. But I think in reality, we've still like um, Barkley, uh, Traore, uh, Ollie Watkins, like they've still got enough firepower to keep them going. And like we said a couple of weeks ago, Baker, I think their defence has perform- outperformed really what, and this might sound bad to Villa fans, but from what their players are, you wouldn't have thought I, mean, that have... I don't think that's a bad thing to say it's outperformed look yeah. where they were last season look where they finished last season look where they yeah. are now I think any Villa fan would say look we're punching well above our weight and, and we, we totally deserve to be there I mean, yeah. I mean again we're talking about stature is that I'd say that like Aston Villa in my mind are a like mid-table like yeah. a, a constant in the Premier League doing quite well because they're a they're a big old club and I think I expected I expected them I've got to say I expected them to get battered in this game without Grealish 
And they did way better than I thought. So mm. fair play to him. I mean, again, Dean, Dean Smith's in with a shout for manager of the season. There's quite a few. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about Dean Smith, but you're 100% spot on there. I do think he's he's definitely in with a shout for, for manager I mean, I, of the year as well. Gen- genuinely, I think Grealish so far, Grealish or Gundogan, but I think Grealish is player of the season so far. Honestly, because he's he make he makes such a difference to that team. He is, and he's so effective. I think the difference between Gundogan and Grealish is that Grealish has done it all season, whereas Gundogan's kind of done it in the last two months, three months maybe. Yeah, but I mean, but Gundogan's just started and not stopped scoring. It's a pretty unreal. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think if you're going to think about player of the season, you've got to think about the whole season. Yeah, true. I mean, I, mean, I know. It's the, I mean, this is just a complete bullshit child, but I would probably say Diaz for the, the improvement no. which which they've made at the back, City. Like, can you imagine them sleeping, sleeping on John Stones, mate? And yeah, don't get me wrong, but I think Diaz has been that constant which is which has caused John Stones, Fernandinho, uh, Cohen Prow, and uh, what's it, uh, Zinchenko. No, it's not... Uh, What's the, who's the right back for City now? Cancelo. Cancelo. Cancelo, not Cohen Chow. Uh, yeah, Cancelo. <laughs> I don't know who Cohen Chow is. No, I have no idea. Cohen, you know the he's, he used to play left left back for Real. Fabio Cohen. Oh, Con- 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 oh, Contrao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I think it's not a pronunciation thing. I just didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, to be fair, I've, uh, this is my second beer, guys. So it's oh, obviously going to my head already. He's a ticking time bomb. <laughs> um. I've lost my point. Anyway, Diaz, yeah, probably player <laughs> player of the season for me, I must admit, boys. I mean, segueing beautifully on to the next game. Go yeah. on, mate. Uh, Arsenal City. Arsenal City. I mean, we said you said at the top, Dan, you don't have much to say massively about this, but I did quite enjoy, as, as you've written, is Sterling getting a header over fucking Rob Holding. <laughs> like, how does that happen? How, like, I mean, genuinely, yeah, how, how does that happen when... He, he was out of position, but it just it just looked really funny. <laughs> like, I mean, Sterling's got a fair leap on him. I didn't realise he got that, that that in his locker, but I mean, I, I didn't. I think I, first half, like Arsenal could have gone into the break with on level terms, potentially. Like, they looked all right in the first half. They put up a bit of a fight. Second half... Oh my god, they look so lost. They were like done. It's like they almost they'd gone into the dressing room at half time and Arteta had been like, nah, one nil's fine, lads, don't worry about it. Yeah. Get back it's out like, there. Yeah, as long as you don't get spanked four, yeah. like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Just harping back to the top six, big six conversation. For me, like that this will be classed as a big game and all the media hypes it up as a big game, but not really. Arsenal for me this season, they haven't been big game have they they're, they're not top six I mean don't get me wrong they're in Europe still and they could even potentially if they won Europa League get Champions League next season but to me it's a financial thing isn't it and I just think this isn't really that big of a game it was kind of obvious that this Danny Brown mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when I spoke to him like he has no fear against Arsenal like they're, they're going to beat them like we need to get just... Liam on again man or Chima man I want to yeah. hear a bit more about what's going on at Arsenal yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll be, I'll, I'll drop them a message. We'll get, we'll get one of them on definitely soon, man. Arsenal are having a, a very, a very transit, transitory season. They've been having yeah. a transitory season for like four, four seasons. Well, this is, this is what I mean. It, it's, it, time will tell whether or not this is going to be a full start. 
yeah. or, or they're building towards something properly. But in terms of them, they, they are in no position at the minute to take, to, to take on City in this mood. Yeah. There was only one winner in that. And no City, one is. No one is. City are just a machine, aren't they? Just yeah. fucking cranking win after win after win. I was um, chatting to Liam, who's a previous guest on the podcast and an Arsenal fan. And um, Tottenham and Arsenal's fate is just kind of intertwined. And we just kind of, <laughs> we, we embrace and then just tumble down the league together because we're both so shit. I can't, I can't wait for the... Um, Europa League quarter final that you two are going to play. Oh, mate, North London derby in like, you know, yeah. If that happens, like, if you get them in the semis and the fans are back in the stadium, fucking. Mate, it'd be like 6 6 or something because we both, neither of us can fucking defend and it's just, it'd just be an absolute fucking shit show, man, honestly. Oh, speaking of shit shows. <laughs> <laughs> segue, segue again, segue again. I like that, mate. Um, Manchester United. Um, three uh, Newcastle 3 1 to Manchester United. Baker, I'll let you take the lead, mate. Oh, what you <laughs> I think you took the lead, Daniel. Uh, you did, you did, <laughs> we did, we did take the lead, then we got pegged back, and then then it was actually. actually can I have my opinion as a, as a, as a neutral? Go on, mate. Or you get on. into it. I think Newcastle looked all right in parts, like it was a little bit prickly at times for Man United. But that's it. That's my opinion. I mean, <laughs> I've I've put here in in the notes the first ten minutes they re- like United should have been behind. Like they had two oh, yeah, or three yeah. decent chances, which, and I think, and I don't want to sound like I'm being a dickhead here, but I think the the if you're if you're on form, you've got the strikers like Wilson not out. You you're bagging them in. One of them, two or three chances in that first 10, 15 minute spell they're in and yep. and it's a completely different game at that point baker isn't it yeah i think wilson's injury is probably the single greatest factor in deciding our our season at this point um i said last time out the game we beat southampton it was a pyrrhic victory of pretty big proportions because we lost quite a few players not just wilson i think we've had a transition recently and to start off with a look good when we beat Everton, but since then we've sort of reverted to the mean is that we're trying to press teams now mm. more than we ever had before. And that's that's how it, and it shows in how we came out in those, those, that first half. You're right. We were, we were putting you under pressure. We were properly going for you. But the difference is, is that because we haven't trained as that team for that long, mm. we just fucking, we gas out so hard. And then we invite pressure onto as the game goes on. And it's just not, unless we blow teams away, which I don't think we're capable of doing, it's going to keep on happening. And we we are just sort of sleepwalking into relegation. And What are your next few games? Our next few games, our next game is, I believe it's Wolves at home, which is a huge game. We need Mm -hmm. to win that. Uh, And our March isn't too bad. We've got West Brom, Villa and Brighton. Brighton again being a huge game. Um, but I just and West Brom being a huge game, mate. Then there's never a feeling with Newcastle that we're all pull, we're all pulling in the same direction. Yeah. Whereas you can't you cannot say that about Fulham. You can you see Fulham and you think that's a team who have got their fucking head screwed on. They're all they're all, they've got a plan. They're sticking to it. Whereas we're just sort of flopping around. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean one thing one thing I will say is there's no excuse for misplaced passes with that kit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like we we've got a history of this, right? And it made me laugh. It was made me laugh because when we first got relegated in two thousand and nine, 
we came out in our first championship season and we had this we had this away kit which was like bright like banana yellow stripes <laughs> and Adidas put out a press release saying that like the colour yellow makes people think about happy thoughts <laughs> they're basically saying like we're so depressed we just need to like try and make try and, try, <laughs> try and make the Newcastle happy. fans happy yeah, yeah. it's like psychologically you see us playing that kit and you're like oh that's great and I think the same thing's happening now they're trying to like trying to get in your head and be like it's not that bad look at our kit but, uh, well, I think I think, and also if we do get relegated, the last two times we've got relegated, we've been lucky in that we've had, we've we've restructured pretty well. Last time we went down, we had Rafa Benitez, who then committed to stay at the club. Oh. This getting relegated with Benitez and getting relegated with Steve fucking Bruce, two massively different. Wait, are you calling it now? Are you saying it? I mean, I I didn't think so for a while, but I think since January. Yeah, turn of the year. I think we are. I think we're boned. Right, I've got two small points I wanted to make. One was I was listening to this on Radio 5 Live for about 20 minutes when I went and picked up some food, and uh, the producer on Radio 5 Live described the kit colour as fizzy yellow. And that that really, I think that describes it, doesn't it? It's not it's not a great colour. That it's Mountain Dew colour. <laughs> it's Mountain Dew. It really is. Yeah. Um, and I still, I don't know. I still feel like Baker with the players you have. And I know we've just bigged up half an hour ago, saying that Fulham have some good players. In reality, like you do have fairly decent players. Like I really. Can you not see any of the teams, Brighton, Burnley, uh, who else is above? Uh, Palace, maybe? No, not Palace. Wolves. Wolves, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Wolves. You can't can't see any of them teams slipping at all. No. No, I can see see them having ups and downs, but our our downs aren't as good as they're off does that make sense I mean Brighton we go on about all the time for being for, they're another, the same sort of thing as Fulham is that they have a plan that club is pulling together in the right direction Burnley have got Sean Dyche and Sean Dyche is immune to relegation Palace probably not same with Roy I don't I don't see it happening I don't I mean, see it happening yeah. I, I think I, as like, soon as as soon as you get above Burnley onto 30 points of Southampton Palace and Leeds who are on 32 respectively Palace and Leeds like yeah I can't I can't see them guys dropping enough points so in reality it's Burnley Brighton Newcastle in it and Fulham yeah like, and like you said oh yeah I hate to agree see, with you now, now now I see it in the cold light of day mate it's uh it's like, not a great scenario is it so like the next weekend we play the late game on Saturday and Fulham play the early game on Sunday. So within that, within that stats short turnaround, we could be in the bottom three. And yeah. So what you're saying there. is next week's episode is going to be a fucking stinker, mate. It's going to be pure, oh, pure depression. Anyone who's listening wait, first time, wait, we record on a Monday and Baker's going to be in a foul Monday. He's going to have Monday blues, definitely. <laughs> wait, you wait, you wait until the actual relegation episode. I'm going to be fucking... <laughs> Oh, Mate, we'll get so pissed that night it'd be wicked nah well, I'll just fucking cry just constantly <laughs> you can have the night off man well, this I just, is, I, I, before, before we move on from this game because we've not talked about United at all oh, I, just, I want to give a shout no it's alright it's the first time in this episode we've actually given fair share to the team that got battered mate yeah yeah <laughs> um, 
actually want to give a little shout out to Dan James because a bit of a resurgence there. Looking good again, man. And I like that kid. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I think uh, he had a in- post-match interview. He said, like, he needed to look back um, at previous games and, like, just adjust his game. And I think he's probably... Yeah, I think it's six goals in nine games for, for United and Wales this season now, which, I mean, for I, I, I can't I still... Can't, I still don't see him as the right midfield, like... Uh, starter I don't see him as like the problem solved like I still think we need a right winger but at the moment yeah man I think he's performing man yeah he's performing you can't knock him at this point and yeah I agree one yeah one real point I wanted to make Bruno Fernandes the guy the guy's the guy's just next level I don't even like and I've put this here but I've ran out of superlatives to to say to talk about him like he just fucking pains me every time you talk about him honestly <laughs> you, get, you get this far off look in your eyes mate honestly it's like the one it, whoa, 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 Jim, Jim 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 is it going to make you feel a little bit better no it's not 59 games 34 goals that oh just, daddy imagine imagine that imagine that just behind instead of uh, wasn't it Mdembele like just Bruno floating there. Oh, oh, I mean, imagine man. the pair of them together. Oh my god, that'd be ridiculous. Well, no, that's not even a count on the assists either. Yeah, one thing I say though is I watched, I watched, yeah. I watched one of his post matches the other day, and that guy has got a pair of lugs on him, man. His ears are huge. <laughs> that's maybe why he's so good. Maybe he's like a bat. Maybe you just hear everything before it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the United players communicating in fucking sonar or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maguire. We we didn't pick up on the... I can't imagine Maguire being subtle enough to do something oh, like that. No, he's no. definitely not subtle enough. He'd just fucking still be shouting. I mean, one thing we didn't pick up on was very, very briefly the midweek game against Sociedad. Do you see his goal? The way he sort of just like mm. the ball came in and he didn't even go for the ball. He just sort of stepped out of the way and just let the defender and the and the goalkeeper collide and it had a tap in. The other guy, yeah. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop United, going on about United, it. The guy is just a United have no respect for narrative in that game. That really annoyed me. Because mm. like I was waiting for Yamazai or Silva to score and it's just just nope. didn't happen. Just hey, really have annoying. you um have you got energy for a dumb update? Oh god, do I have energy for a dumb update? Uh I'll give you a brief dumb update. Uh let me just check because I can't re- I honestly can't remember if he played. <laughs> I think I think he did. While he's he looking did, up, man. do you want to introduce the dumb update for new listeners, Daniel? The Dummer update is the Paul the Dummer update, which we have for uh, from Alex Baker on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, just, you know, what's going on in his life? Uh, is he sponsored by Nike, isn't it, Baker, I think, now? Uh, he is a Nike athlete. Yeah, Nike athlete. Unbelievable. It's it's just a little, you know, a little thing which we like to get Baker just to check in on him and give us a little update for the for the followers, mate. Uh, he did not play. He did not play. Um I don't care. What's he been up to? Yeah, give me, give me. He's been on the <laughs> golf courses. A couple of weeks ago, you said he was on a golf course somewhere. I'm just. I'm, I, he posted. He last posted a photo a week ago, which is a picture of him at training, and the caption is a smiley face emoji. <laughs> that is why we love we love the Dummett update because it's obviously it's just you know it's pre prepared and it, Paul Dummett just gives us so much 
great quality content, don't they? I'd- but I'm just thinking, like, I'm glad you're fucking happy, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's not making the fans happy. Yeah, yeah, nice one, mate. Fuck Get your um, head down. Fuck me. Anyway, sorry. Extra time, which is what we like to call it on on this podcast. Uh, we we like to, you know, snippets which we found throughout the week from social media and other platforms that um, sometimes serious, sometimes yeah. jokey. This week we got one serious and one semi. I can't believe this is actually true. And Baker, maybe this is aimed more at you than Jimbo, because any new listeners, Jimbo's only been watching football for about five years, but. Paolo Maldini, Jimbo, uh, Baker, you you know who he is. What I didn't yeah. realise was that he his career longevity was unbelievable, that he actually played against Maradona at Milan and also Cristiano Ronaldo when he was playing for United. And there's a picture which I shared on our Instagram page from ESPN, and it's him against both of them. And it just... It's unbelievable to think that his career... I mean, he retired at 41 in 2009 and is now the technical director at Milan. And I was just sitting there watching TV and I saw that and it just honestly blew my mind that he was playing for that long and he played against that them players and just all the players in between that era, between Maradona and, and Ronaldo, like Cristiano. I mean... His, uh, his son also plays for AC Milan now, attacking midfielder. Oh, Daniel Maldini, yeah. I, I mean, do you know what? And even though I've only been watching football for five years. <laughs> no, that wasn't digging you out. I'm sorry, man. Do you know sometimes on like Sky Sports, they play these like weird, like little mini documentary things about like Italian football. I watched one about Maldini and, and about how his son is kind of, you know, not not playing in the same position or anything, but, you know, taking up the reins of being a footballer. One, one other thing on that, Daniel, is that his father was also a footballer who played for Milan. Mm. Who won Syria four times and won the European Cup? So he's come from quite good stock, I'd say. Yeah, from a good pedigree yeah. stock, mate. Cesare Maldini. Is oh, good. actually, I do. Yeah, I have heard of Cesare Maldini. I must admit, some good sperm in that family. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think any of his sons have actually properly broken through yet. But I think no. when, when, he, when he retired, they retired his number, except for one of his sons. Oh, that's cool. it if they came through. Oh really? That's pretty cool. I think, actually. Yeah. I think they've I think they've sacked that off now and given it to some to some random. A more serious issue now, which we try <clears throat> and like not talk about too much, but it's been very prevalent in the news recently. Unfortunately, um racial abuse for Marshall, uh Two and Zabi, Rashford, and now Enquetier. But it's worth knowing that's just the, the 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 reported abuse. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really. yeah, that's all that's making it in the media. And I think Jim had a pretty insightful moment a couple of weeks ago when he mentioned you want you want for our new listeners, do you want to very quickly just go over why you thought potentially there was you know a little bit more in terms of the, the you, you know you're locked away and you're behind the screen sort of thing. Go on, Jimbo. Like, because people are sat in their living rooms on their own can't see anyone can't go out they're probably getting having a few beers during the match and it's much easier for them to vent their frustrations into their phone than to their mates and that isn't that isn't a solution to what's going on or not not saying it's fine 
this stuff probably happens all the time, but it probably comes out of people's mouth and goes straight into people's ears who are sat in the pub next to them. It's just that now they can't do that. So they type it on Twitter or they put it on Instagram or whatever and a player maybe doesn't have a great performance and they get abuse on Instagram or whatever and it's just completely and utterly fucking uncalled for. It should never happen. It shouldn't happen in real life and it's not an excuse. I just think that that's why it's it's happening more directly to players now than potentially when it wasn't locked down. Yeah, and that's why I wanted you to say that to any new listeners. I think that's a pretty insightful take, to be honest, as to probably why... It is way more well, more prevalent, definitely, at the moment, isn't it? Baker, comments, mate? No, no, I agree. I agree. I just, yeah. I double down on what I said last time, is that the onus is, def- is more on, the, the companies need to fucking step up and deal with this. The thing that pisses me off is like, that I could put a football clip on Twitter and it'd be taken down within five minutes. Yeah. Or I could put a clip on there with like licensed news on it and be taken down in five or 10 minutes. If I go on there and start throwing slurs around, It'd be up for weeks, mate. Yeah. It might never get taken down. I mean, the the cynical side of me will just say, well, that's because in their eyes, there's revenue they could be making that you're you're profiting off them if you're using... It's money, it's money. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. There's there's money in it for them, and there's no money in it for them to stamp this sort of stuff out. But you're totally right, though. It's an algorithm. Why not build an algorithm? Yeah, I, I I don't see how it could be that difficult to flag something like if someone sends a dm with certain words in it to flag that immediately and then just fuck that account that sent it like i don't i'm not a software engineer so i could be chatting out my ass but it doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult but like i don't know like twitter so twitter's probably what a multi-billion pound company yeah can't be that hard for them to employ a team of 100 people that run an algorithm and sit there and be like that's racist that's not racist that's racist that's yeah but but then I know this is we're going into a real rabbit hole and we can cut all of this off if we want, but the semantics then is subjective. Yeah. Freedom yeah. of speech then becomes yeah. and, and this is by no means me backing them people, but you know, like that's when people start accusing, oh, Twitter's not got free speech or freedom of speech is not like it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you say whatever you want with no consequence. That's not what freedom of speech is. And like I don't understand how it's sort of been it's been taken. It's been coerced by them. It's been, yeah, it's been coerced by a bunch of people who want to say whatever the fuck they want and not expect there to be consequences. Like, there's a reason that hate speech exists as a concept and free speech exists as a, con- a concept. You are free to say, I mean, you are free to say racist shit, but you're also free to get charged for it. You're also yeah. free to go to fucking jail where you belong. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's not, it's not an argument that I can understand. Yeah, I think that's a, a good place to cut, really, isn't it? I don't know. Can I, can I, can I, uh, cool, mate. I just, I just need to plug some plug some Euro goals. Some oh, Euro yeah. goals oh go week. on, mate. Uh, mostly from the Bundesliga, actually. Baker's eyes on Europe. <laughs> was that, oh, fuck, is that Partridge, that? No, 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 but it sounds like Partridge, doesn't it? It really sounds like Do Partridge. Do you remember Eye on Springfield? That's that... Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'll do it again and then just go. Baker's eyes on Europe. Um, yeah, some Euro goals to seek out if if you want to see some absolute bangers. Uh, Erling Braut Haaland, you've probably already seen against Schalke. That was a naughty strike. Uh, Amin Yunus for Frankfurt against Bayern. Again, unbelievable strike. And to top it all off, Marcel Sabitzer for Leipzig against uh, Hertha Berlin. And also, just remember, one, a, really, a really good one as well, is Inter Milan's second goal against AC Milan, uh, where nine players involved in the build-up before Lautaro Martinez to score and it was a really tasty game just in general. 
My, my, we might, we've got a title race in Italy. We might have a title race in France. Might have a title race in Spain. Oh, it's quite fun, this. And to be honest, I'm just glad that you managed, you were the person uh, saying all them names, to be honest, mate, because I couldn't pronounce half of them. Nah, you're right. I mean, the heart's pretty easy. Do you, know, do you know he was born he was born in Leeds do you know but I think we should throw out a quick thank you to everyone who's listened as well all new listeners tell your mates and all that no thank you very much uh, we do appreciate anyone who's a new listener I really really appreciate it and um, yeah give us a follow on Insta Twitter uh, listen to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts and all other reputable uh, podcast networks Bye. I You've been listening to The Away End. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Away End Pod. And if you've enjoyed the episode, drop us a few quid and check the link in the episode description. Just tell your mates about this pod because that's the only way we're actually going to get anywhere with this. So please, please do, guys. Thanks very much. Have a good one.